Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us for the show today. This podcast aims to explore a biblical life view in a conversational tone. Let's join our host and founder of Servants of Grace, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I get to welcome back to the show my friend Justin Huffman. Justin, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally, totally. I, I really enjoy talking to you, and uh, I know we chat, chat over email and, and text, so it's always good to connect with friends. So Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, can you uh, just catch us up on what's going on in your life, marriage, ministry, and some of the current ministry projects that you're working on? Well, uh, you asked about my marriage. Um, I'm happy to report I'm still married uh, since we since we last visited. Uh, now married uh, 21 years and counting. Um, been pastoring for about 18 years, and uh, the Lord continues to give grace and uh, in that endeavor. I trust, and um, yeah, and now I'm working on my doctorate at uh, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, um, where I'm working on my dissertation, which is how to help your church embrace diversity. Um, and when I'm answering that question, I'm thinking of diversity of every kind. So not just um, one particular uh, uh, sort of slice of that pie, but but the, the diversity in ethnicities, ages, social, economic backgrounds, the whole gamut. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I think I knew that, but not in that kind of detail. And praise God that your marriage is well, mine is as well. So very thankful for a, a godly wife who loves me and tells me the truth about myself I need it. <laughs> that's a necessary part of a healthy marriage right right amen uh can you uh please tell us a bit about your book grow the command to ever expounding joy why you wrote it and how you uh, or how it's being received yeah well um the reason i wrote it is because i'm convinced that we all need to grow spiritually as christians you know um, the this is not just uh, my thoughts. Thankfully, this is uh, Peter writes in Second Peter three eighteen. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there's this reminder there from Peter that no matter how long we've been Christians, no matter how mature we are as believers, we always have room to grow. Um, and, uh, and on the other hand, though, I think many of us feel intimidated about doing that. It's kind of like okay. I like the idea in theory, but but how do you do that? And so um, so that's the purpose of this book. It's it's a, trying to be an accessible resource, not necessarily on spiritual disciplines per se, uh, though some of those are covered. Um, but but just as a Christian, what does it look like to be using the means of grace that God has given us on a daily basis? It's been a while since I've read it, but when I did read it, I, I really liked it. Your writing is just so. What I like about your writing is it's just so. Well, it's biblical. It's practical. It's accessible. It's easy to understand what you're what you're trying to say. So I, I really oh, appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate. It. Thank you. I'm gonna pump you up, man. Pump you up. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll, I'll send you the check later. <laughs> no, um, no, I really do. I do hope that it's received in that manner. Like you know, not I'm, this is not a book for you know from a scholar to other scholars or anything like that. It's from one Christian trying to encourage other Christians grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord. And Savior Jesus Christ. And it covers everything from, yes, you know, daily devotions and habits of grace like that, but also uh, picking role models well um, and um, and being discipled yourself, uh, 
um, being act, going out and, and serving in, in the community in ways that, that model the gospel for others. So, so it's not just kind of one, um, one kind of, of, of the, the spiritual disciplines pie, but it's kind of the whole, um, the whole thing. What does it look like as a whole Christian to be growing in your knowledge of Jesus and in your love for him? Yeah, that's, that's really good. Why is it important to understand that our goal as we seek to grow in grace is nothing more or less or different than to grow in our relationship with Jesus? Well, thank you. Yeah, that's a great question because uh, I think if we don't uh, connect growth with our relationship with Jesus, then we very easily can uh, be discouraged uh, because how do you measure growth otherwise? But also we can easily become self-righteous because we can measure growth in terms of you know, how many days this week or this month or this year did I do my daily Bible reading plan? Um, you know, did I go to church? Did I miss any church, you know, any church this, this year? Uh, which are all relevant questions, but that's not the goal. The goal is not merely Bible reading or church attendance. The goal is growing in our relationship with Jesus. So, those are means to that goal, but they are not the goal itself. And so I think it, when we think in terms of relationship uh, toward, toward Christ, it, it helps encourage us because that is motivation that we can all as Christians get on board with. This is something that Jesus himself, of course, even puts out. And he says, you know, if you want to follow me, then take up your cross daily. Uh, so the motivation is him and uh, the, you know, the discipline and self-sacrifice and all the taking up your cross and all the other means of grace that God gives us, those are all just ways of getting to the goal of following Jesus and walking with Jesus every day. And so Jesus himself, you know, puts himself forward as worthy of, of whatever it costs in order to uh, draw closer to him and follow him every day. Yeah, I, that's really good. I, I'm just reminded of First John, you know, um, <laughs> the, those markers of evidence of, of our salvation and even the point of those is Jesus. If we, yeah. the outward man manifestation is a, is a reality it, it's a demonstration of that inward work of grace in our lives and so if I if I don't have love for my my spouse or my family or a friend or somebody in the church uh, that's a heart problem with with yeah. me um, and I don't have to look inside of myself I have to look away from myself and up to to Jesus and that's what the Bible tells us um, we don't look towards ourselves for hope we look towards Jesus we don't confess our sin to somebody else we confess our sin to jesus i mean and we can confess our sins to others as well but primarily first to jesus and so we're always looking to jesus right for our That's exactly right. for yeah. our growth and and uh, everything so yeah it's the healthy unconditional love that we receive from jesus allows us to give healthy unconditional love to others as well that's exactly right yeah many christians in my experience struggle with prayer you know you're a pastor you you help other men um You've written on prayer. What would be your advice to help uh, these people that struggle with prayer to grow in the grace of God through having a regular time of prayer? Well, I'm actually a passionate advocate for prayer because I think uh, so many people do misunderstand what that means and think of it as 
you know, just um, sort of five or 15 minutes that they sit aside and watch the, the clock go by, hoping it'll end as soon as possible, instead of thinking of it as a deep and rich communion in their relationship with Jesus. And so um, and so I, I try to encourage people in relation to prayer um, to, uh, to make it, uh, in a sense, easy on themselves. And that is, Jesus is with you wherever you go, so you can talk to him anytime. So um, yeah, it's good to have prayer lists, and, and it's good to um, it's good to make sure that you're praying regularly every day. But you can you can be praying, uh, you know, in the shower. You can be praying while you're brushing your teeth. You can be praying while you're commuting to work. In fact, uh, those are great opportunities that are usually uninterrupted time otherwise uh, to just spend communing with God in prayer. So it's not something um, that uh, that has to be um, a, a a rigid or and certainly should not be um, boring uh, time. It should be a relationship time where you get to confess him to the Lord, where you get to adore him and thank him for who he is. Um, and then you, you also get to pray for yourself and others. And, and it's just a wonderful opportunity. So yeah, I think that that's really, really helpful. Uh, everything that you said there. Um, recently, I, I did a recording uh, for the Ask Us Anything podcast talking about much the same thing that you were talking about, about, you know, just this relationship of the grace of God and prayer in um, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, you know, talking about um, how Jesus summons us before his throne and, and um, you know, it's a throne of grace and it's not a throne of condemnation for the Christian. You know, we have no condemnation, Paul says in Romans 8, 1. And so uh, one, t- one time, I can't remember where I read this, but uh, Calvin did something interesting at, at night before he would go to bed. He would he would recount something of like the lessons that he learned and and those types of things and i've i found that personally like really instructive for me um like before i go to sleep just to think about what are some lessons that i learned what are some things that i need to do what are some things i need to repent of um confess to god and maybe confess to my my wife who's you know laying right next to me um and then i'm able to to fall asleep and and uh, to sleep peacefully um i i love that idea I've- the idea of bookending your day in prayer. So every uh, in the morning, uh, when I get up and I'm, you know, getting ready to jump in the shower, I'm going through the gospel in my mind, just praying. I uh, begin my day praying, thanksgiving for the gospel, because this is the reminder, like you were saying, to not act like Adam and Eve and run away from God, uh, knowing that I that I'm a sinner and He's holy, but rather reminding myself of the gospel that in Christ I am forgiven and loved and accepted. And beginning the day like that, and then ending the day um, as I as I go to bed, um, confessing any sin that I'm that I'm aware of, and just reviewing the day in my mind, thanking Him for the victories, confessing uh, failures, and um, and just again reminding myself of the gospel that that, that Jesus's blood covers the whole day and all my inadequacies and. And it allows you to go to bed um, with a, a clean slate and and a, a joyful heart, um, hopefully. Amen. Yeah, I, I love to do that too. You know, when a when a bad day has come, and you know, the the next day, I, I just have to tell myself, today's a new day. You know, whatever happened yes. that last weekend or a couple of days ago, just just let it go. You know, um, you know, obviously, if you've apologized and printed, and, you know, for for your stuff, you know, just to add that qualifier in there. You know, exactly. just 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 to remind yourself that what lamentation says like you were just saying you know this is a new day and it's full of new mercy and and not only that, but even in bad days, I like to remind myself, you know, of uh, of Ephesians and how Paul talks about how the grace of God superabounds towards me, 
and that just yes. uh, that helps a lot. So yes, that's exactly right. Exceeding, um, exceptionally uh, wonderful power working in you right now. Paul says, "Amen." So, how important is it that Christians spend regular time in the Word of God, and and what's your best advice on daily Bible reading for Christians? Well, I, you know, I'm actually not myself a big advocate of uh, Bible reading plans, not that I'm against them in any way, but just personally, I can't tell you how many of those I've failed, um, and so I would get, I'd get started in them, and, uh, you know, then maybe, you know, whether it was a, an, an examination I had to study for, or whether it was, you know, getting sick or whatever, then, then I'd get off, and then I'd feel like, oh, now I've got to read, you know, 32 chapters tomorrow to get caught up, and... Um, um, and so I found I found that Bible reading plans discourage rather than encourage me. But I certainly have have talked to many folks uh, that I've you know other pastors and other people I've shepherded that um, that are benefited from the structure. And so I'm, I'm certainly not against them. But but my my I guess my thing that I would say is I'm very much an advocate for daily Bible reading. That's the goal is reading your Bible daily. And I actually am a big advocate for reading through. The Bible. Um, I just think that um, that it's much much uh, healthier if you if um, if you if that doesn't get confused in your mind with the ultimate goal, um, and so you're not discouraged in your Bible reading just because you get behind in your plan, but rather you think of yourself as, hey, I'm in the Word of God today to meet with God, and um, and and yes, I'm even you know reading through the Bible would be a great thing to do. I think at this point um, I've read through the Bible. Uh, around 18 times. Um, I try to do it about once a year, but I don't. But I'm not on a program. I just, I just know that you know about. It takes about four or five chapters a day to to accomplish that, and that's what I go for. But if I can't do it, then I can't do it. And some days when I can do more, I do more. And I use Audio Bible as another resource by which. You know, you can you can go through a lot of God's word on an airplane trip or, you know, on a, a road trip with your family as everybody else is sleeping at two o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah, that's really good. I'm, I'm happy that you said about the audio bio because I, I listen to that a lot. But I've also uh, I've, I've done that for the last couple of years where I've read the audio bio. But I also like to I really enjoyed um, even just this year, just starting to get back more to reading devotionally my my Bible. And I have a number yes. of ESV devotional Bibles. So I've just been reading those, the reader, ESV reader Bibles. And they're just so helpful if somebody is, uh, you know, it helps you to break it up into, into the sections of the Bible. Um, so that could be that could be something that could be really helpful for, for you, for listeners um, to get. I think it's like 80 or 100 bucks for, you know, all of them. Um, but it's it's well worth it. It's something that you can use for the rest of your life. So I would, I would just commend that to you. Um, there's some great resources out there, print resources, uh, free apps, just all kinds of, of resources to help with uh, Bible reading and Bible study these days. But the main thing I would just want to get across to people is, yeah, just to be in God's Word every day because it is growing you. Peter actually says that. He says, you know, you be in the Word of God because desire the, and, and long for the Word of God because it grows you. When you when you drink in God's Word, it's like drinking milk and it, it grows your bones. It's, it's healthy. Amen. Amen. So let's say somebody comes to you and they want to know how to listen and take notes in, in a sermon. What would be your answer to help them get the most out of a sermon they can? Well, 
um, one, I mean, this is not from my book. This is actually an advertisement for a different book or a booklet. Um, but Christopher Ash, uh, out of the UK, has written a marvelous uh, little booklet called um, something like uh, How to Listen uh, Well or How to Listen to a Sermon Well, something like that. I think it has seven points, but it is excellent. It's uh, basically the whole idea is being an active learner and uh, and really uh, seeking to not just be a person sitting in the pew as a receiver and as a passive uh, during a worship service, but but that you are acting just as much as the pastor or preacher because you are um, seeking to take the information and apply it and re- and recall it and. You know, that's the benefit, of course, of taking notes is you can actually structure it in your own mind uh, and and process it as you're taking notes. That's a great way of doing it. But the whole idea basically being you are active in the pew, not merely passive. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Why is it so important that Christians learn from and imitate godly Christians around them? And how do do Christians become good imitators of Jesus? Well, you know, Paul actually hits this a lot. Um, It's uh, Paul has a whole theology of imitation, we might say, um, in which over and over again throughout the New Testament, he encourages people to follow him, uh, which may sound proud, but um, but he uh, at, at times puts on the helpful qualifier to follow me as I follow Christ. But the point is, is you know, um, if you're a new believer or perhaps come from a broken background um, where you didn't ha- have a godly father or you haven't observed a godly man or woman um, uh, in, in and, you know, live out the Christian faith, and uh, it's a wonderful thing to have this living illustration in front of you of a mature Christian who you can look up to, ask questions of. Um, and Paul not only points to himself, in fact, he actually at, at points, uh, he points to other churches and says, imitate churches. He points to other believers and encourages uh, Christians to um, to imitate other godly believers. So, so he's, it's not something that's that's centered on himself at all, but it is actually a very helpful tool for Christians. Or no matter where you are in your Christian growth, maybe you've been a Christian for decades, but if you're only forty, then you don't know what it is to be sixty. And so, as you're growing older, hey, reach out to an older Christian and ask them. How did you age well? How did you go through, um, you know, go through the 40s and 50s well? Um, it, if you're a Christian who wrestles with a particular sin, um, there's other Christians uh, who who are wrestling with those sins. So reach out to them and ask them questions. If you want to know, like we were just talking about, how do you pray? How do you read your, the Word of God? Don't ever think, you know, that, that these are somehow spiritual gifts, that some people have a spiritual gift of prayer or a spiritual gift of Bible reading. That's just not the case. What it is is that is that some Christians have truly applied themselves and found some ways that work for them, and and they're always eager to share those things. So so just reaching out to other Christians for for help and advice, and so that's how Christians become good imitators of Jesus is imitating people who are imitating Jesus. It's mm, really well said. I guess the only thing I would add as a personal example of that at a, at every every key point in my Christian life, whether it was in high school, I had a youth elder and uh, the youth pastor who helped me through my parents' divorce 
um, my sophomore year. Um, at key times where God brought somebody into my life so that I could be close to where I needed to be, um, so that I would go to church. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in my th- in my 30s, God has brought a number of people, older men, six in their 60s, who've been in pastoral ministry for 20 or 30 years, 40 years, and uh, been examples to me, been imitators of Jesus. Yes, uh, yeah. And, Absolutely. I think, you know, that's the thing that um, that is so that's why I think in, uh, one of the many good reasons, one of the many wonderful reasons God gave us, um, Jesus gave us his church is that uh, he wants us to live the Christian life life out in community and in fact knows that we need that um, uh, for for spiritual growth and health and, and just learning from from others, learn people with different perspectives, different strengths than we have um, and, and different ages than we are. All those things are, are just a tremendous blessing. Amen. What are the essential components of resisting the devil as James 4, 7 talks about? And how do we practically do that as Christians? Well, yeah, let me, you mentioned James 4 uh, there. James tells uh, believers, submit yourself to God. So that's the first thing. You can't resist the devil by just saying no. You resist the devil by saying yes. Um, and that is yes to the Lord first. So you submit yourself to the Lord. You say, Lord, I trust you. I trust your word. I trust that what you say is healthy is healthy. What you say is good is good. Um, and then, yes, you do, on the other hand, have to say no. You have to say no to the devil when he when there is temptation. And, um, and we have this wonderful comfort that when we stand um, in the strength of the Lord, uh, saying yes to the Lord, submitted to him, trusting in him, and, and saying no to the devil, that he will flee from you. Um, that doesn't mean it's immediate. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it's this day. But what it does mean is that with the power of God, it is impossible for the devil to overpower you. That is, uh, that is, <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, I'm looking up um, Ephesians, Ephesians um, here. Hold on just one sec. Uh, I guess we'll go to 6, 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And, you know, we can't get into everything that Paul means by that. But, um, you know, he's talked in the first three chapters about, you know, predestination, about the gospel of grace and, and so much more. And, you know, he's got into the practical ramifications of life in Christ and in the body in chapters four and marriage and the family in chapter five. And now he's talking about this. And it's a significant thing that he's talking about to be to be strong in the Lord. Lord, how are we going to resist uh, the devil? It's not because in our in our own strength, um, you know, it says be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And this is exactly what we've been talking about here today. How are we going to resist? Well, it's not because of our of our own strength or ability. It's because of, you know, we, we have a new identity in Christ. Um, so we can submit to, to God and, and resist the devil. That's right. If we're in love with Jesus, then, then it'll be so much easier to hate sin. Um, if we're developing this this close affection and love and submission to Jesus and His Word, then it'll be so much easier to say no to to temptations that uh, that go contrary to who Jesus is. Yeah, I would just say some practical things, practical points, and and feel free to add to this. Um, you know. I think I think uh, the Holt method. Um, I don't know. Did you learn that in seminary? 
Um, it's called um, so it's called Halt. It's it's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Um, so if you're hungry, uh, time out. You're gonna probably be tempted. If you're angry, uh, go for a walk. Get get you know respectfully bow out of the conversation. Um, if you're if you're lonely, guess what? That's probably gonna be a time if you're a guy and you whatever struggle that you have that that's gonna be a time when you're probably gonna get tempted. Um, tired is another one. So tired for me, that's a time when I'm gonna get tempted. For example. And I have to be on my on my guard. Um, so for me, I have to make sure that I go to bed at a decent hour. Um, I I know my limitations. Um, I don't do more than eight hours a day. Um, you know, and relax. Have time to relax every evening so that I make sure that I sleep well. And you know, there'll be times when I leave my if I'm really tired, I'll leave my phone in my office. Um, although usually it ends up getting carried around with me, just so that you know I'm fighting. That's a practical way to fight against sin in my for me, um, being that I've come out of an addiction of pornography, um, that's what I have to do. Because, I mean, and there's a lot of guys that have, you know, these are practical things that you can do to fight sin, whatever that is. I mean, we could talk about discouragement too. The same is true. Um, having a friend to talk to, picking up a good godly book, uh, reading your Bible, spending some time in prayer, going even as, as unspiritual as it seems, it actually is spiritual in a sense, because you could uh, go for a walk um, around your subdivision, the uh, and pray, uh, listen to worship music. I, I, I've done that. You could do that for all of them. Hungry, well, hungry, you should get some food, but all the others, you could definitely do that for go for a walk and get some exercise. Yeah, I believe it was, uh, you know, I mean, this is a course where just being a Christian, you know, where the rubber meets the road. And I think it was George Mueller who was, you know, on one hand called the apostle of prayer because he was well known for his prayer life. Um, the the um, 1800s British pastor, and he ran an orphanage with, I think, fed over 10,000 kids over the, uh, over the course of his life. But he observed that, uh, that there were two times in particular that he was just susceptible to temptation. One of them was when he was traveling because his schedule was all thrown off, and another was when he was uh, tired. So either of those times, he he just recognized that he was going to have a more difficult time. And so I think just a certain amount of self-awareness is important there. But even, of course, here's the important thing. Sometimes you have to travel, and sometimes you are going to be tired. And and I think that's the, the, the important thing is to remember that even though it's impossible, in a sense, to avoid temptation, period. Um, what will see you through that is a continuing relationship with Christ. And um, and so, uh, as Peter says, hum- or I'm sorry, as James says, humble yourself before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Um, so you run to the Lord, and you say, Lord, I am tired. And you say, Lord, my schedule is off, and I can feel the temptation is stronger than normal, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and, and yet the Lord uh, can, is there with you and, and helps you. Mm, well How important is it that Christians develop the purposeful habit of thanksgiving? Uh, it's as important as obeying God um, because mm. it's all it's all over Scripture. It's from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And like all of God's commands, though, it is not given just as some rule for us to follow, but is given for our good. And I'll just tell you, Dave, uh, in my own experience, over and over and over again, I've discovered that what was missing uh, in my life when I was going through a time of discouragement, uh, depression, even um, 
um, times of loneliness, um, times of um, when, when it just seemed like things were piling up against me. Uh, that, that one of the secrets to joy that, I, that I've continually found, oh, I, I'm lacking this, I'm missing this, is thanksgiving, is just gratitude to the Lord. And one of the greatest tools for fighting back is um, having a grateful spirit. And so, um, you know, I can say this without, without any qu- uh, uh, qualification. If we struggle to think of things that we are thankful for as Christians, then we are not thinking clearly. We are not in line with reality. Um, um, because the reality is no matter how bad circumstances are, no matter how uh, sorrowful or tragic uh, events that have uh, occurred may be touching you right now, um, the fact is is that we can begin at the gospel, and that is that God knows our pain. He knows our feebleness. He knows all our sickness. He knows, he knows death. He knows sin. He knows all those things, and he sent his son to take all of that on him on the cross so that we can, in trusting in him, know that one day there will be an end to all of this, all the sorrow, all the grief, all the loneliness, all those things. So we can start at the gospel and thank God for Jesus and then work our way down from there to every little detail that he of course, uh, the psalmist says he is actually loading us daily with blessings. And so um, the fact is there's there's always things to give thanks for. Um, but, but often what we're missing in our joy um, is that we have not been giving thanks for all that God is doing and has done for us. Well said. Um, I guess the only thing I could add to that is, is because of all that. You know, when you have a thankful heart, you're, you're going to it's going to combat sin. You know, um, yeah. you're going to you're going to be grateful for grateful for grace you're going to be grateful for others you're going to want to express gratitude to other people um you're going to want to thank people for how they serve you your pastor through the preaching of the word your bible study leader you know even even your spouse you're going to be grateful for your spouse you're going to be grateful for your family um you're and and i would say that the the missing link that a lot of people miss in in that uh, the the application of this is just telling people, hey, this is how I'm thankful for you um, in this way. You do this uh, to do this well, and I'm I'm just really thankful to the mm-hmm. Lord for that. I, and it's so uh, you don't have to do it all the time, but but make that a practice. Uh, if you're truly thankful to the Lord for His grace and, and for that person um, and how they've been used of God in your life, or they they help you in some way uh tell them that you know uh, don't put that off absolutely just like love for jesus breeds love for others uh gratitude toward god uh breeds thanksgiving toward others like you you become more grateful for what other people are doing in your life because you recognize you don't deserve that either and so um yeah absolutely amen what are what are the essential components of a life that makes matures and multiplies disciples of the risen lord jesus and we're kind of taking some language from Gospel Center, the Gospel Center Discipleship Ministry at this point. Mm. Yeah, um, well, I mean, essential components of, of making, maturing, and multiplying disciples definitely include personal obedience to the Lord. You can't, um, you can't make a disciple if you're not a disciple yourself. Um, but, but having come to faith in Christ, then growing yourself, uh, you know, in other words, um, seeking to grow in your knowledge and, and love for Jesus is the only way that you can possibly, of course, help anyone else grow in their love and knowledge for Jesus. And so I would say, one, you have to be a Christian, and two, you have to be a growing Christian. Um, so you can't, you can't,
can't make Christians if you're not a Christian yourself. You can't lead others to Christ if you don't believe in Him yourself. Um, but if you if you are a Christian, um, then then a, a real Christian is a growing Christian. And I don't mean that um, as some sort of unrealistic standard, because of course we all are growing at different paces, and uh, and we all have setbacks and failures along the way. But a, a real Christian, I don't think it's an overstatement to say, is a Christian who is growing, who is being sanctified by the Spirit, and who is applying the means of grace in their life so that they can not only make disciples, but mature other disciples, multiply more disciples. Um, and so and so you have to be a Christian, and you have to be a growing Christian, which is to say a Christian. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the gospel, I think it was Tim Keller, is the A to Z of, of Christianity. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says that, you know, the grace of God is, is the beginning of the Christian life, the middle of the Christian life, and the end of the Christian life, and, and everywhere in between. Uh, grace, wondrous grace, and, and um, what you just said just reminds me of, of those quotes and, and many others. Uh, I think J.C. Ryle said that um, grace is the A to Z of Christianity or something like that. And again, just to reemphasize that you're not the only one that said those things. Those are Christians throughout the centuries. So. Amen. So there's a lot that we haven't uh, covered in the course of this interview, although we we hit a lot of different a lot of topics here, Justin. Um, just as we wrap up this conversation, uh, can you give us a few takeaways? Yeah, um, you know, back to the um, the title of the book is "Grow: uh, The Command to You Know Ever Expanding Joy." And so, the the way that I would want to frame it in people's minds is not merely, although this is true, there is the relenting expectation of growth in God's word, the unrelenting expectation of growth. God always expects His people to be growing, to be learning, uh, to be desiring, uh, and following Him more. Yet, um, that is like all that God expects of us. He, he gives us grace to do it, and He does it for our good. And so the command to growth is actually a command to ever-expanding joy. The more we know Jesus, the more we're in His Word, the more active our prayer life, the more we surround ourselves with mature Christians who are models for us of the Christian life, the more that we serve others, the more that we foster gratitude in our hearts, the more that we do these, in a sense, basic things of Christianity— um, but the more that we do them, the more that we find uh, that there is a strength running in our veins, spiritual strength, that, and we're, we're truly growing closer to God. And, and as we do that, we're growing more and more joyful. That's really well said, my friend. And I just want to express gratitude and thanks to you for uh, your continued uh, support of Servants of Grace uh, and Theology for Life for writing for us consistently well and biblically and uh, to help God's people grow in these things. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate all that you're doing for the kingdom, and it's just a blessing. I love the sort of community of writers and uh, thinkers that that Servants of Grace is, and I, I enjoy getting to participate in that endeavor. Oh, praise God. Thank you for your time today, brother. All right. God bless. You too. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you were encouraged by today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. For more uplifting and thought-provoking content, please visit us online at servantsofgrace.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Servants of Grace and on Facebook at facebook.com slash servantsofgrace. 
We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you next time.